This is Millennially Speaking, my personal soapbox about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer. This week, we're talking about Election Day in 2019, people who celebrate Christmas early, and how Joy Behar got a pass on wearing blackface. But first, I want to talk about Election Day 2019. So if you didn't realize, this past Tuesday was Election Day here in New Jersey. Oops, if you missed it. Um, And a a lot of important races were held. I mean, they're they're not the most uh, sexy races. There were a lot of state assembly people up for election or re-election. There were some ballot measures that were important. There were... There was one Senate race and also some local things like some local people in your town assembly and and school board and things like that. So there were definitely some important races that were going on and every election day is important. But it's to me, this is less about this particular election and more about election day in general. So one of the things that a lot of people like to say and a lot of people will tell you is you need to vote no matter what. You need to get out there. You need to vote. Make your voice heard. And you need to, you know, follow the democratic process. It's the greatest thing uh, that makes America America and, and stuff like that. Well, my big complaint is when we have an uneducated society and, and people that vote really with no clear vision or no clear reason as to why they're voting for a particular candidate. Uh, and And I don't blame them. I'm not saying that It's because they're stupid, like they don't, like, oh, how dare you not know anything about this person, but they just don't. And and I feel like we've gotten to this place where we, and I encourage everyone to vote, absolutely, I encourage people to vote in in every election, but at a limit, if you're going to be a low-information voter, if you're going to be somebody who doesn't really understand the issues and I'm not talking from a place of partisanship. There's there's people that will like to say and use low information voters to mean people who uh, you disagree with. So, you know, you, you'll have people on the right or the left that say you're a low information voter if you feel this way about a particular ballot measure or if you feel this particular way about a candidate. That makes you low information. I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about the people who literally have no idea the names of who they are looking to vote for or who is running uh, in that particular race. And you just go into the booth. You're one of these people that decides I'm going to vote no matter what. You go into the booth and you're staring at names that you've never heard of. You are looking at races or, or particular positions that are open and you have no idea what those people do or what the candidates have said that they're going to do. And you vote anyway. Uh, you you pick a name basically at random or Worse, you go along party lines of what you would normally vote for. Normally, I'm a Democrat, so I vote Democrat. Or normally, I'm a Republican, so I'll pick the Republican candidate. That, to me, is almost worse than not voting at all. Because it not only does it mean you're picking somebody and you have no idea what they really stand for, so you, you really don't know what their plans are going to be or what their intentions are for when they hold that position— you know, not only that, but I feel like it also just furthers the partisan divide that we've sort of come become accustomed to as a country. You know, we're we're so polarized in our parties right now that 
you know, it's it's I'm going to vote for the Republican or I'm going to vote for the Democrat no matter what, based on just what the national politics are doing. I feel that at the local level, it's going to be the same way. And that's not always the case, especially at the local level. You've got a lot more uh, races where the people, because of their position, they're not going to be so partisan. It just happens to be the party they're running for. So I just feel like, you know, if you're not going to know what you're voting for, why vote at all? You know, uh, and and midterms and, and any election that does not fall on a uh, presidential election is always going to be lower voter turnout. Uh, from what I understand, this election did have more turnout than usual for an odd year election because it's not a midterm and it's not a presidential election. So this is really going to be one of those low voter turnout elections. So so that's obviously we have that issue already. But, you know, if you're not going to know what's going on, then I really would prefer people not vote uh, just because it doesn't. You know, you know, why make your voice heard if you have no opinion? So, and, and you get the people that say all the time, well, if you don't vote, then you don't get to have an opinion. All right. Well, that may be true in some cases, you know, if, if you're going to complain about, say it's a president or something, you know, state assemblies and, and people in those, those are important races and those are important people because they decide a lot of the things that you personally have to deal with because they are on a local level or on a state level. So those are really important. So yeah, you should be voting, but I really would love to see more people being active in wanting to know who these people are and what they stand for. You know, because if you're just going to vote along party line, it really doesn't matter what they stand for. To be honest, you could be a generic Republican or a generic Democrat and not really stand for anything at all. Why go through all this campaigning? Why go through all this extra effort to to get your name out there if we're just going to vote along party lines? And I know there's lots of discussion that could be had about, you know, maybe Election Day needs to be moved to a weekend or election day needs to be made a national holiday uh, or that there's other countries that actually make voting required. It's, it's punishable by law. Not that they, you know, you know, there's, there's fines and there's potential jail time, but not that anyone really goes through that, but that just the specter of that, it, it's just a different culture. Australia is a great example that Australia, you will have almost a hundred percent voter turnout every year consistently in part because it's required, but also it just keeps people engaged in the process. And I think there's going to be a fine line of people who are participating and not really voting for anything, you know, they're low information. And then there's people who, because they're required to vote, they want to know more. And I think it's impossible to know what the case would be in America. I just know that as of right now, these kinds of elections are low turnout and low information because the stakes they don't, the perceived stakes are low and it's the exact opposite. So basically my feeling is if you don't know who you're voting for, that's okay. Just don't vote then. You know, I, I would really prefer that everyone know who they're going to vote for and know a little bit about the candidate, but I'm not one of those people that is going to force someone to vote if they don't know what they're talking about, if they don't know really the issues or know what they're dealing with. So the next time somebody says to you, you know, they didn't vote in an election, maybe have more of a conversation with them and find out, well, did you know anything about the candidates? Sure, you could have learned something about the candidates if you didn't know, but you didn't by election day. And you know what? I think that's okay that people choose not to vote when they don't really know who is running. And I'd prefer that. We'll be right back. Did you know that Millennially Speaking is now on Twitter? 
check us out at underscore MS podcast. You'll see live tweets from events, updates on shows, and just my general opinions not heard on the show. Again, follow us on Twitter at underscore MS podcast. We're back. And what I want to talk about now is Christmas. I know it's November 8th, the day that this podcast is coming out, it's November 8th, but there is, every single year, there is a lot of complaining on social media and in, in person about when is the correct time to celebrate Christmas and when is it too early. So there is this big camp of people that are only in favor of celebrating Christmas after Thanksgiving. You know, it's the next holiday, it's the next major holiday, so let's get through Thanksgiving and then we'll deal with Christmas. There's another group of people that don't really mind when they start. Generally, they'll start as soon as Halloween's over. So once Halloween is done, you'll start thinking about Christmas. You acknowledge Thanksgiving, you know it's there, but you'll get right onto Christmas and you start feeling the the spirit and you'll get right into it. And and Thanksgiving just sort of is part of that Christmas thing. Then there's this sort of in-between ground, and this is mostly with retail. If you go into any store, Walmart is a great example where there's this weird time where you've got a lot of Halloween decorations and they're not quite on clearance yet, so they're still big celebrating Halloween, but they've already started putting out the Christmas decorations. So there's, you can buy some trees, you can buy all your decorations early, some people like to do that, and there's that weird in-between time where you've got both holidays. And I see a lot of complaining on Facebook specifically of, let's get through Thanksgiving first and let's not put up our Christmas tree. Let's not, we're not putting on Christmas music. We're not talking about, oh, I go to Walmart and I see there's already Christmas things up and it's, oh, that's crazy. Okay. First of all, if you've ever been in retail, if you've ever worked in retail, this is how retail works. I see so much complaining about, you know, it's the middle of January and you're already starting to see like spring clothes out or it's the middle of spring and you're already seeing the bathing suits or as soon as summer gets here and you see no bathing suits. That's how retail works. Most of the time, because of our shopping habits and our buying habits, retailers have already decided, they've done the studies and decided that most people want to buy these things before the season gets here. And then by the time the season gets here, people mostly have all of these things already. So things like bathing suits for the summertime, as soon as summer gets here, a lot of them are on clearance and whatever isn't on clearance, there's a limited selection. That's just how retail works. So the same thing applies when you've got the holidays. So I work in retail. I work at PetSmart. And I've noticed when I started working there, it was the end of, or it was almost Halloween. So this was the end of October. And there was definitely a lot of Halloween stuff out there. But Christmas stuff had already started to come out. That's just how it works. That's how, you know, you you get the, most of the costumes and the decorations and the toys and things like that were on clearance on, I think my hire date was October 24th. All of that stuff was already on clearance and most of it was already gone. So there was a very small selection. So if you waited until the last minute for Halloween and you wanted to get a costume for your dog, you know, you'd have this limited selection, but they would be on great prices. So you had to sort of roll the dice and, you know, I may not have a big selection to choose from, but if I find something, it is going to be really cheap. So that was part of it. And at the same time, you've already got Christmas stuff out because most of the time, as soon as Halloween's over, people are already interested in Christmas or people have already gotten through their Halloween stuff. So they're like, yeah, I'm already starting to think about Christmas. It's just how retail works. So if you're complaining that Walmart already has their Christmas trees out or that prior to Halloween, they already have their Christmas trees out, 
Granted, I think they are doing it a little bit earlier than they used to, but that is how retail works. So they've already got their Christmas stuff out, ready to go. It gets people in the season. It gets people, you know, buying those things early. That's just how the the seasonal shopping works. As for what other people do, whether they start celebrating, you know, as soon as Halloween's over, or as soon as they start celebrating when Thanksgiving's over, technically we've, you know, through the years as a culture, as a society, we've decided that the Christmas season starts on Black Friday. That's sort of what Black Friday is for. Um, but Black Friday in recent years, because of the start time moving and the start date moving, Black Friday has sort of become less important as the sort of unofficial start to the Christmas shopping season. A lot of people get it done early now. But what I've noticed is you get a lot more people that are sort of in, in the very polarized camps of either they celebrate it right after Halloween or they celebrate it right after Thanksgiving. And you get a lot of angry people who say, you know, we don't celebrate Christmas until after Thanksgiving. And you know what? I'm, I used to be one of those people. I used to be in that camp. But I've come to a place where I'm like, you know what? Life is too short to be worrying about something so dumb as when other people start celebrating their Christmas stuff and worrying about when they start listening to Christmas music and when they start putting up their Christmas decorations. Why do we care so much? Why do we care when Walmart puts out their decorations? Why do we care when other people start putting up their Christmas tree or, you know, buying presents? Why do we care about that? You know, I, I'm one that, you know, if it makes somebody else happy, then I'm great. And at the same time for myself, I've noticed that Christmas is really one of the only times where I feel like the whole family can really be together. And there's just this different feeling, you know, within your family and within sort of the community at whole that like during the holidays and during the, you know, the new year season that like everybody just feels more connected and we just feel a little bit more, I don't know, nice. And we feel a little bit more like forgiving. And I really like that. So if we can make that start earlier, yeah, I'm on board. You know, I'm, I'm one that really is in favor of people just being nice to each other. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? Just being nice to each other and something about the Christmas season brings that out in people. So yeah, let's do it earlier for sure. And if, you know, the, if you want to listen to Christmas music ahead of time, go for it. You know, if that makes you happy and that brings you some sort of a, a joy, go for it. Because as soon as Christmas is over, to be honest, December 26th, I feel like Christmas music is done. I don't want to hear any Christmas music after Christmas Day because to me, that almost feels more sad. The Well, the whole holiday is over, so it feels less about the Christmas stuff. And I really like, I don't want to hear any Christmas music as soon as that's over. Other people can do what they want, but me personally, I, I stop listening to it. So, you know, that my general rule is stop worrying about what other people are doing. And if, if other people are happy doing Christmas early and starting to get decorated and, and starting to think about Christmas, then let them have it. You know, it, it makes them happy and we could use a little more forgiveness and kindness. We'll be right back. Did you know that Millennially Speaking is also on Instagram? Check us out at millennially underscore speaking. You'll find previews for new episodes, polls about upcoming topics, and a whole lot more. Again, follow us on Instagram at millennially underscore speaking. So lastly, what I want to talk about is Joy Behar and how she got away with blackface. So on, I guess it was Wednesday or Thursday, The View 
had it was their 5000th show okay but more importantly on the show they had Donald Trump Jr and his girlfriend Kimberly Guilfoyle and right off the bat I'm confused as to why they had them on at all other than the cynical view of it gives ratings to ABC which I'll be cynical about it that that was the reason why that it got more eyeballs it got more people excited that oh they're gonna really stick it to Donald Trump Jr whatever okay so as you know if you listen to this show I'm a moderate so I really am not in the camp of defending either Joy Behar's side or Donald Trump Jr side like I really don't care to defend either side because I think both far left and far right are way over the rails but I do want to point out a little bit of hypocrisy on that particular episode, there was some discussion brought up and, and Donald Trump Jr. wants to bring up some things about media hypocrisy and uh, people, you know, giving his family a lot of grief, which the fact that uh, I do think that's true. I think the Trump family has gotten a lot of grief. That doesn't mean that the Obamas didn't get grief as well from some people in the media. I don't know to which degree was worse because I'm not going to look at the numbers specifically. I think there's a lot of posturing in terms of people that say that Obama's was worse versus Trump's was worse or whatever. I think both White Houses have seen a lot of negative media coverage from particular media outlets, whether it's Fox or whether it was CNN or or depending on which presidency it was. But I think both White Houses got negative media coverage. But... What he was talking about and what he was trying to say was that, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. I think at one point he made it personal and he mentioned that Joy Behar, specifically, she has worn blackface. And that got glossed over a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they, they, they sort of like, you know, stopped the whole conversation. And, and, you know, Joy Behar denies that she wore blackface. And Whoopi Goldberg even defends her and says, no, she didn't wear blackface. Here, I even have the clip. Joy, you've worn blackface. Whoopi, no, you I said have. that I'm Roman Polanski. I'm sorry, and don't. You, if you, you said that it. Roman Polanski. It wasn't rape, rape when he raped a child. So let's, I'll, let's okay. talk about. So yeah, no, let's things. talk Come about on, this. So fair. you want to bring this up? The yeah. question came up. I did not about, go in blackface, please. No, she was not in blackface. Thank you. So, so she says, like, no, she didn't wear blackface, and and Joy says she didn't wear blackface, and Whoopi agrees that she didn't wear blackface. Okay, that's that's their opinions. That's fine. So go back. There was and and Donald Trump Jr. shared this on Facebook or on on Twitter. And again, I am not in this to defend Trump. I'm in this to defend truth and point out what we're talking about here, which is blackface. So he tweeted out a video from The View, and it was, I believe, in 2016. It was a completely different panel on the show except for Joy Behar. And they were talking about costumes and what, you know, they were dressing up in costumes. And Joy Behar showed a picture of herself uh, dressed up. And I, I also have the clip. Check us out on Instagram. You can see the the actual uh, photo that she posted alongside Joy Behar. But she said specifically she was dressing up as a beautiful African woman. It was a Halloween party. I went as a beautiful African woman. Oh, yes. You ain't black. But that's my hair. <laughs> You can be, yeah, but yeah. So, uh, so the whole point of why it is that curly hair is coming back. I thought that was, I thought. That is me. Did you have tanning lotion on? A Joel? little, I had makeup that was a little bit darker uh-huh, than my skin. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very fixed. But I, that's my actual hair. Though. I love it though. 
And she didn't really get a whole lot of pushback from Raven Simone was on the panel. Now, I know black people have sort of disavowed Raven Simone because she at one point made a comment that she doesn't identify as African-American. So I know that she is not the voice of black people and nor is anyone the voice of all the black people. I know that. But she didn't really give a whole lot of pushback on that. Nobody on the panel, anybody gave a lot of pushback on that. Just because you say you're dressing up as a beautiful African woman doesn't change the fact that you just said you are dressing up as another race. And from what I understand, intent doesn't actually matter when you're dressing up in blackface. She said she darkened her skin and was dressing up as another race. And we've crucified people lately for not only doing that, which I agree is wrong. I'm not trying to defend blackface. I think blackface is wrong in any context. Dressing up as any race that is not your own or or darkening your skin for any reason to look like another race is wrong. But the fact that uh, the media and, and the internet have crucified certain people for doing that very thing, one, I think the cancel culture is wrong. I think if somebody understands what they did was wrong, understands that you know, dressing up in, in another race or darkening their skin for any reason is wrong. If they understand that, there should be some forgiveness and grace. But the fact that the media has jumped on certain people for doing that, and yet Joy Behar gets a pass, I'm confused. I, I'm legitimately, I'm not, this is not a bad faith argument. This is a legitimate, I want to understand what the line is if this is okay. Because if it's just about hypocrisy in terms of, Uh, politics, that is fine as long as that is what is identified as the truth. You know, Joy Behar, because it's someone who's seen as an ally to African Americans, to liberals, whatever it is, she can get away with it for wearing blackface. But if somebody like Megyn Kelly, who just merely doesn't understand why blackface is wrong, she didn't wear blackface, it's not like she wore it, She just doesn't understand why it's wrong. She's the one that gets crucified. She's the one that loses her job. She has since learned that blackface is wrong, which you shouldn't have to learn after the fact that blackface is wrong. You shouldn't have to, you know, not understand that. But the point, if you listen to Megyn Kelly's show, the point that she was making was, you know, if you were just dressing up as that character, she understood blackface or, or, you know, darkening your skin to be okay, which... It's not. But, well, what, but what, what is racist? Because but, because so truly, you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yes, blackface yes. on Halloween, or a black person who puts on whiteface yes. for Halloween. Like I, ba- okay, back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing me, up as like a character. But that's exactly what Joy Behar did. So, I just, I, all in all, I just want to understand if Megyn Kelly describes exactly what Joy Behar did. And Megyn Kelly gets fired for explaining that, and Joy Behar faces no, not even a pushback or a question. Everyone denies that she darkened her skin to dress up as another race. If that's the case, I I just want to point out the irony of that and, and just really put that on display. Unfortunately, I don't think this segment is going to have any kind of solid conclusion because I think we're all still figuring this out in terms of 
you know, when people do this kind of stuff, when people do bad things like this, you know, what is the, what are the repercussions that society gives them? And then do they get a chance to come back? Joy Behar faces no repercussions for this. Megyn Kelly, for merely talking about it, loses her entire career. I mean, again, not that I'm here to just defend Megyn Kelly. I'm just saying she said something that Joy Behar did exactly, and there's just a different standard for each. So I I, I just want to know what the line is, and, and that's all I would say. So for those who saw this segment coming on Instagram when I posted about this, this is what I mean, that these are the receipts, these are the clips in which these things have happened, that is the exact picture that I posted on Instagram, that is exactly what she showed on The View a few years ago, and that's exactly what Donald Trump Jr. was pointing out. And just calling it out like it is, he is just right. Donald Trump Jr. is just right. He just plain is. I think Joy Behar dressed up in blackface and got no repercussions for it. Period. And that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer. Be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like this podcast, share us with your friends. Thanks for listening.